Dagon's Illusion, Episode 45, A Visit with Joshua. In the weeks following the storm, Eustace was like a lost child. He spent little time in his hotel room. Instead, he wandered. Each day would begin the same. As the massive pumps drained the Ninth Ward, he was able to get a little closer to the beloved hovel where he had hidden from the world. Finally, one morning, he had walked straight up to it, at least to where it had been. He had stood in the yard, his face filled with horror. The shack was gone as though it had never existed. For an hour he had picked through the debris. Not a single piece of his art could he find. After that, in tears, he had walked to the little house that he had called home. Completely destroyed. A wall had fallen in and his few pitiful possessions lay broken and buried in the muck. For a while he had stood sobbing, flapping his arms up and down like a great bird. Then he had stumbled back to the hotel. From that moment, rarely had he left his room. Friends from the club would bring food and leave it outside his door. Some days it would be eaten and other days not. Ellie came to visit whenever she could. Though she wheedled and threatened, he wouldn't get out of bed, not even when she brought an easel with a full set of paints and brushes. All he would do was mumble over and over, Need to find, need to find, 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 find. Eustace dream to find. But whatever he was searching for, he didn't find it. Dagon visited every evening, and with each visit he brought a different magic trick. All of Eustace's old favorites, the cups and balls, the linking rings, hippity-hop rabbits, the professor's nightmare. He made a bowl of water disappear and turned pitchers of lemonade into milk. From thin air he produced ducks and doves and hamsters and then made them vanish again. With each trick, Eustace would raise his head from the pillow, stare glassy-eyed while it was being performed, then grunt and slump back down. No one knew what to do. Several people suggested calling a psychiatrist, but Dagon would have none of that. He was sure that Eustace would be fine once the club was rebuilt, but that had become his answer for almost everything. Then one night, three weeks after the storm, Joshua walked into Eustace's room. He had visited many times, but this time he was carrying a tiny box. I see you're still lying here like a bum, having everybody wait on you hand and foot, Eustace grunted. Bet you're wearing diapers. You don't even have to get out of bed to poop. Good, good idea. Tell Robert. Get, get, get diapers. I ain't telling him nothing, you sorry sack of crap. It'd take a forklift to raise your butt high enough to put him on. Eustace grunted and turned his face to the wall. Then he expelled a huge amount of gas. Oh, you are one pitiful slob. For somebody who don't eat nothing, your insides smell like a sewer. But you can't fool me. See, everybody thinks you're lying here moping because you lost your house and the little trash heap of a shack you painted your pictures in. But I know that ain't what it's about. And all the hullabaloo, they forgot Vampire Girl. But I didn't and you didn't. No, sir. Just so happens I went out to the big house today and spent a little time scouring around. I found something you might want to see if you can lift your cement skull high enough to look at it. Eustace rolled over to face him. Joshua opened the box, but he didn't hold it so that Eustace could see. What I'd done was I went to that coffin you floated her in. 
I looked in, and what do you know? There was something inside down at the bottom. Think maybe she might have been wearing it, and it dropped off during delivery, so to speak. I put it in this box for safekeeping. If you want to take a look, you got to get your ass out of bed. Eustace sat up. Okay, that's halfway. Now get on your feet. With an unpleasant grunt, Eustace obeyed. Joshua turned the box toward him. Inside was a heart-shaped locket on a broken chain. Now I don't know whether this actually belonged to her, mind you, but I figured it might be something of interest. Eustace took it out and examined it very carefully. In my recollection, women usually keep stuff in lockets. You know, like pictures, hair, toenails, various and sundry bits like that. Maybe we should take a look inside. Eustace tried, but his fingers were too large to open it. Here, give me that. After some fumbling and disgusted snorting, Joshua managed to crack it open. Inside was a tiny picture of the beautiful girl Eustace had saved, and across from it were the words... For you with love. Joshua read it to him, then handed him the locket. Eustace clutched it to his heart, sat down on the bed, and began to weep. Joshua sat down next to him. Okay, now there ain't nothing wrong with sorrow. Only problem comes when it keeps you lying in bed wanting to wear diapers. You think that girl would like to see you flat on your back like a big huge baby waiting for somebody to change your poopy pants? Not hardly. So you have a good cry, then this has got to end. You're going to take a little trip with me tonight, just the two of us. Eustace looked at him. We're going back out to that big pile of junk called Dagon's Delusion. We're going to walk around and examine a few things. You up for that? Maybe. No maybe about it. Get your shoes on and zip your pants. We don't need no cops stopping us for indecent composure. A full moon shone through the trees, and the air was thick with silvery mist as Joshua and Eustace skulked toward the front gate of the mansion. Okay, now we gotta be a little cautious here. They got guards with guns and nasty dogs wandering all over the place. We don't want to get our butts bit off, so from here on we gotta whisper and keep our eyes peeled. Now here's the plan. If we get caught... You stop and fight off the dog while I run like heck. No, 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 no. What do you mean, no? There's a lot more of you for the dog to chew on. I ain't got no personal meat to spare. No, 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 no. Eustace, not dog, dog food. Oh, for pity's sake. All right, then just be quiet and let's hope they don't catch us. With great caution, they crept toward the house. Suddenly, off in the darkness, they saw a flashlight moving in their direction. Okay, there's one of them. Joshua pulled Eustace down behind a thick bush. Be quiet and don't even breathe. And whatever you do, don't let loose one of those big gut gases you are so famous for. It'll bring every dog for miles. The guard passed a hundred feet from their hiding place, and the dog didn't seem to be aware of them. When they were gone, they crawled out. So far, so good. Let's go. Joshua led them toward the back of the mansion. When they were behind the building, he headed to the broken labyrinth with the mausoleum at its center. Don't like, don't like nasty place. We can't agree on that, but we got something to do, so just grit your teeth. You know what all these stones are about, these circles inside of circles? 
Eustace shook his head. It's a path that goes somewhere, and we're going to walk it. But be very careful. Stay right behind me and don't step on none of the rocks. You got that? Eustace nodded. Entering the labyrinth, Joshua began following the intricate path, holding his right hand above the line of stones beside him. Eustace stayed close. Why? 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 Why are we doing this? Good question. It ain't cause we want a casual little stroll in the moonlight, I can tell you that. No, sir. A long time ago, these stones was built up high so you couldn't see across them. When you started wandering around inside, you could get lost real quick. But I'll tell you a little trick about getting through a maze. When you walk in, you touch the wall with your right hand, and you don't take your hand off that wall no matter where it leads you. Ninety-five percent of the time, that'll keep you from getting lost. You'll get to the middle and back out again fast as possible, and that's God's honest truth. Of course, here the wall's so low you can't get lost. But I'm still following my plan because we want to get to the middle with no messing around. Deeper and deeper they went into the maze. Little history lesson might keep us from getting bored while we creep around this mess. This here labyrinth was made a long time ago and it wasn't because people thought it'd be nice to have a bunch of stones in the garden. No, sir. Those that built it belonged to darkness and what they wanted was power. So they followed an old plan invented thousands of years ago, laying out a maze that would take them to the very heart of evil. But it wasn't good enough just to build walls. To get the devil's own power, they had to baptize it with human blood. So they kidnapped a lot of folk and killed them right in the center of the labyrinth where that ugly little building squats. Then they buried their bodies all around the outer ring. Took a few years, cause they couldn't just pull people out of neighborhoods. Would have caused too much suspicion. So they brought them from far places. Rich people, poor people, slaves, the high and mighty. Whole thing took a lot of time to do way back then. So if you want to know the truth about what's going on in here, you gotta follow the path they laid out. You gotta walk the maze. That's gotta be done in a night with a full moon. You gotta make it through the first time and you can't touch the stones on either side. Let's just hope no guards catch us cause then we can't try again for another month. Step by step they made their way around the great circle and no guards appeared. Finally they reached the center. So there you go. We done it. Should be kinda interesting to see what happens next. Eustace's eyes grew wide and he pointed. Angel turds! Angel turds! What? There! There! Angel turds! Joshua looked where he was pointing. Just beyond the outer ring of the labyrinth drifted a hundred shadowy forms in long robes that dissolved into mist. In their hands they held tall candles that burned with blue fire. Hmm, angel turds, I confess I ain't never heard them called that before, but it do seem to fit. Definitely not your better class of apparitions. Suppose they must be the welcoming committee congratulating us on making it through the maze. We're just going to ignore them and visit this pretty little garden cottage to see what we find. Walking to the mausoleum, Joshua turned and raised his hand. Instantly, the apparitions vanished, and behind him, the door swung open. From his pocket, he removed a small flashlight, flicked it on, and entered. 
Eustace followed. As I recall, when we was here with Dagon, you smelled something slightly unusual, like not your typical mind-numbing flatulence. You remember what that was? Eustace nodded. G-g-g-giants smelled them. That's what I thought you smelled. You're a strapping young man. Why don't you just shove aside the big stone covering that sarcophy guy so we can look down into it? Only a foot or so, don't need more than that. It took all of Eustace's strength to shift the granite cover from the tomb. After a lot of grunting and groaning, he managed to do it. Now take a whiff and see if you smell what you smelled before. Bending over the hole, Eustace filled his nostrils, then he jerked back, grabbing his nose. Bit stronger today, is it? That's because we walked the path. What's deep down there has come closer to get a look at us. Joshua shined his flashlight into the pit. You called it giants, and strictly speaking, I suppose you're correct. In different places all around the world, there are spots like this, with evil things living down inside, just waiting to get out. And pretty soon, that's gonna happen. Pretty soon, they're gonna have the run of everything for a while, and that's why I brought you here. Joshua looked hard at Eustace. All right, Eustace the janitor, I know the truth about you. Your brain works a lot faster than your mouth, and you can think a whole lot better than you let on. Now, I'm going to tell you a couple of things that you need to know. First, you've got to stop acting like a selfish jackass lying in bed and letting people wait on you hand and butt. You've got to stop feeling sorry for yourself. What happened to that girl is in the hands of the Almighty. But you've got work to do. The good Lord made you for a reason. He gave you power that you haven't begun to understand because most of your life you've been acting like a big, spoiled baby. Now, I tell a lot of stories and I have a lot of fun doing it. But I ain't telling you no story now. This here is God's truth. The Almighty is getting ready to go to war. And everybody's choosing up sides because there's a big battle coming. What side you want to be on, Eustace the janitor? You keep thinking only of yourself, and you're going to be on the side of whatever's living down in that hole. I want you to think on that real careful-like, and look down there one more time. Go ahead, do it. Very cautiously, Eustace looked into the pit. With a yell, he leaped back. Then, screaming and gagging, he ran from the tomb. Well, I guess that's going to bring a couple of guards, but I can't say I blame him. Joshua leaned over and stared into the darkness. Within the shaft, something was slithering toward him, leaving a thick trail of glowing slime. He shined his light on it. Crawling up the wall was a huge, glistening shape that looked like a worm, but growing out of it were the body parts of a woman. Female arms and hands stuck out from its sides, from its back protruded shriveled breasts, and a leg with a small foot. Slowly it opened its mouth. Within its throat was a mass of long hair surrounding a human head, bent back so that one eye could look outward. From it came a rasping groan and a terrible odor. Evening, ma'am. Speaking of angel turds, it's a pleasure to see you again in such fine fettle. Yeah, I know what you want, and soon enough you'll get it. Till that day, you just slither back down into your abode and think about the coming judgment.
Then he placed his hand on the heavy stone cover. As though it weighed nothing, it slid into place, and he walked from the tomb.